We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. This is the latest installment of Mavs Step Back Live. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if this is an update issue with uh, Green Room or what, but it says only one list. Oh, no. Okay. I see everybody in the room now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we've done a green room, so I, I figured might have some uh, some update issues or something. But anyway, uh, for those of you who are new here, if you want to speak, just send a speaker request. Make sure you're on mute um, until you're talking. That helps with the sound quality and everything. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. The Mavs just finished up the regular season. They finished 52 and 30, best season. Uh, for the Mavs in over a decade, you know, uh, they, they finish it up by beating their, uh, heated rivals, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. They swept them for the first time in franchise history. Uh, they had to, uh, endure a little bit of a Luca worry there to do so though, cause he, um, suffered, uh, what the team is calling a calf strain, and we have to, we're waiting on the results for that. He's doing an MRI on it to see what the severity of it is. We should know that this afternoon, according to Tim McMahon. He just tweeted that out a few minutes ago. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I personally, you know, just based on what it looked like and everything, I don't think it's going to be as severe as what some people are thinking. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm not into the whole doom and gloom thing. I mean, even though he was limping, he was still walking on it. Uh, and you know, he has nearly a full week before the playoffs start on Saturday. Uh, he's going to be fine. I mean, I, I, I truly believe that. I mean, the dude played with a, uh, neck strain against the fully healthy Los Angeles Clippers last year in the postseason when he probably had no business doing so. <laughs> and the Mavs still went to seven games against that Clippers team. So, I mean, I, I think this is fine. You know, they've got one of the best training staffs in the world, led by Casey Smith. And, you know, you give them a full week, and uh, I think I think everything is, is going to be fine. So, um, Matt, 
I guess we'll start with the game itself. You know, before before Luca got hurt, what did you think about that Mavs Spurs game last night? First of all, I appreciate the the sweet introduction. Um, it's it's only been a few weeks since I've been on okay, the podcast. Wait, so I'm on. glad you're happy pause, to have me back. Pause for a second. Pause for a second, <laughs> guys. Welcome back, the one and only, my co-host here on Mavs Step Back Podcast, Matt Galatson. Everybody yeah. <laughs> okay, there, there's your official uh, reintroduction there. But I am glad to have you back. It has been a while. Yeah, I uh, I think it's probably a loose term to call me your co-host these days just because <laughs> I've been so busy that I haven't been able to get on as often as I'd like. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, look, you love it in the season with a W. Um, now they know who they're going to play. I – I love beating the Spurs. I, I hesitate to say that right now, but um, there's reasons for that we'll get into some other day. But uh, I hate. Be- I, I love beating the Spurs. Um, that's they've always been one of those teams that it, it just feels a little bit extra, a little bit better to win. Uh, you know, same thing with the Rockets. Same thing with um, the Lakers. That kind of thing. It's always been that way for me. So you love seeing that. The, I think the Luca thing is just a freak accident. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people complaining about why was he in the game in the third quarter? Blah, 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 it's whatever. Like, name one NBA star besides LeBron James who would have sat out or gotten pulled out of the third quarter in the, a game where you're you're going, you're you're trying to get the third seed still. You're still trying right. to to you're you're trying to step on their throat and, and get the win and get the third seed. So yeah, your starters should still be in the game gets to the fourth quarter and you're still up by a lot, then yeah, that's fine. You can take Luke out, but don't do that in the third quarter. We've seen too many Mavs leads disappear out of thin air for that to, uh, for that to be a realistic option. And that almost happened last night too, because we saw when Luca went out after the, after the calf strain, they were up by like 20, I believe, or close to it. And then as soon as he went out, that lead dwindled down to seven. Yeah. So what what (laughs) would happen if he was sitting out in the third quarter? (laughs) <laughs> right, you know, I mean, a twenty-point lead uh, doesn't doesn't mean much if you don't have Luca out there, and we've seen that many times before. And look, there there were teams that rested their superstars yesterday, but it was teams that were locked into their position already. That's the thing. It's like I don't. It doesn't matter how unlikely it is, you know, that the that the Pelicans were going to beat the uh, Golden State Warriors last night but you know the both teams were on the second night of a back-to-back it was in new orleans for you know their uh, what their fan appreciation game or whatever and crazier things have happened so you know they were gunning for the three seed they had to beat the spurs to have any possible chance of getting the three seed and they played to win the game so i mean and, and even jason kidd said that you know or well, actually, Theo Pinson is the one that said that they were keeping up with the score of that that Pelicans Warriors game throughout the night. And Jason Kidd even said that the plan was to rest all the starters in the fourth quarter. You know, no matter what, they were going to bench the starters because they had an idea of what was going on in that Pelicans Warriors game. So it was just unfortunate timing. I mean, if if they just go a few more minutes, <laughs> then uh. 
you know, Luca doesn't have the that issue, and you know they they get rested and whatever. You know, it is what it is. What I'm trying to say is hindsight is 2020. People can blame Jason Kidd all they want to for this. It was just a sucky situation. It happened. It's over with. And now we move on to the playoffs. And I I, I really think it's going to be fine. You know, I, I don't think this is something that, you know, our pets' heads are falling off over it. I really don't. Luca has had much worse. You know, if, if he had, you know, sprained his ankle severely or something, I would have probably been more worried about that. I know calf strains are nothing to, you know, scoff at, but just based on just looking at it and seeing how it unfolded and, you know, he did walk off under his own power, even though he was limping. I really, I really do think that, uh, you know, it'll be fine. And, you know, the Spurs game itself, uh, the Spurs are always super annoying. Like they just, they would not go away. Even with Theo Pinson out there, you know, draining three after three, I think, yeah, he had 16 points in 14 minutes off the bench and he went five of five shooting from the field. He was incredible, and he's a two-way player, so he's not eligible to play in the playoffs. So he ended his season on a personal high note, and that was cool to see. But, man, the Spurs are super annoying. Pop, Greg Popovich, he's a great, great coach. Uh, you know, he always has his guys ready to play. It was really annoying to me. And the reason I say the Spurs are annoying, that is the game before last night, when they played the Warriors, the Spurs played the Warriors, that was a game that actually meant something to them. <laughs> like, if, if they were going to have any chance of hosting uh, the play-in game, they had to beat the Warriors the night before, but they rested their guys for that one, lost that game, and then played all their regular guys for this Mavs game in the finale that didn't mean anything, you know, standings-wise. So... Maybe that was just some. Maybe Greg Popovich did that because he was just more concerned with not getting swept by the Mavs. But guess what? You got swept anyway. <laughs> so good for the Mavs. Good for Jason Kidd. Uh, good for Luca. You know, after his sluggish start, uh, and his sluggish start for everyone else is absolutely amazing. His sluggish start was twenty four points, eight rebounds, eight assists, I believe, in the first couple months. Uh, but you know, he ended up having a super, super season. I think he's an MVP finalist. He finished, he, he had the Mavs finish with a better record than Giannis's Bucks, uh, than Embiid's Sixers, you know, than Jokic's Nuggets, even though I do think Jokic is still the MVP because he's just absurd. And, uh, you know, the Nuggets have had so many injury issues to overcome and Jokic has helped them do that all by himself. So, uh, but I do think he should be a finalist. He's definitely first-team All-NBA, in my opinion. And now we shift our focus towards the Utah Jazz in the NBA playoffs. They went 2-2 two and two against each other in the regular season. Every single one of the games were super close. Uh, you know, the losses, even when the Mavs were playing a G League squad on Christmas Day, Matt, they only lost by four to a fully healthy Jazz team. So, I'm encouraged by it. I want to get your quick thoughts, you know, what you're expecting going into this series, uh, and then we're going to get some people up here to talk for a little bit. I'm going to backtrack for a second because there's something I wanted to say about the whole everybody being mad at Jason Kidd thing. First of all, Leo, I'm not mad about anything. I'm actually very at peace with the Mavs having the third seed and playing the Jazz. Fourth seed. Totally cool with it. Um, but 
I, I honestly think people were just looking for a reason to be mad at Jason Kidd, and that's what this kind of is. <laughs> like, you know, it, a lot of people weren't happy when he got hired, and they still haven't been happy throughout the season. You know what I mean, Dalton, yes. Um, but a lot of people have been mad at him throughout the season, and that's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where they're they're looking for an outlet to be mad at him. And that happens all the time in sports and they got it. Now they're going to have fun with it and it's whatever. Um, <clears throat> as for the jazz, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this. We'll obviously have to see how Luca handles the, the calf strain and everything. Cause it's, those are, those injuries are unpredictable. I saw Jeff Stott say it could be anywhere from three to 17 days. And um, you know, hopefully it's on the shorter side of that. If it's not, then they, they could be in trouble. But like you said, you know, the, when they when they faced him earlier this season and they didn't have Luca, they did okay. And that's that's the most encouraging sign about this to all about all this to me. Because even if I feel like even if Luca's at, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy five percent somewhere in there in the first couple of games, they still have a pretty damn good chance to win. And um if he comes in at a hundred percent and he's, he's okay. By the time that starts, I don't think it's a very long series. There, there's things that concern me. Like Donovan Mitchell always scares me. Rudy Gobert scares me uh, just because the Mavs don't have a ton of size and he can probably take advantage of that. But there's also going to be advantages for the Mavs on the other side of that coin. So they're a pretty good matchup. Um, I'm fairly certain this will be the first time the Mavs get out of the first round and, over a decade, but you know, we'll see. I don't want to jinx it. I, I am going to, I am going to take the Mavs right now. I'm going to take the Mavs in five. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Assuming Luca's health. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. And, I mean, look, if somebody in the chat mentioned that, you know, the Jazz are self-imploding and, you know, they, they finished the season out better than, you know, in this last week 
than they did the you know the couple weeks before that. Uh, but you know, I, I still think this is a team on its last leg. Uh, I think they are going to blow it up this summer. And you know, I'm, losing to the Mavs in the first round, you know, will just put a cap on that. And I think the Mavs, you know, even if Luca didn't play in game, I think Luca will play in game one. I think he'll be ready to go from the get go. But you know, even if he doesn't play in game one. I feel like the Mavs still have a legitimate shot at uh, at beating the Jazz. I mean, in the games that Luka hasn't played in since the the Kristaps Porzingis trade, Spencer Dinwiddie is averaging like 31 points and 7 assists a game, shooting 54% from the field and 43% from three. Uh, now, given that's only been two games, but, you know, the Mavs won both of those games, and Dinwiddie has proven that he can step into a starting role and be super effective. You know, that's not that's not something that we saw very often from Porzingis when Luka had to miss games. And, you know, it uh, the Mavs used to – if Luka – it used to be when Luka missed a game – you know, the sky was falling. There was absolutely zero chance, even as optimistic as I am on a daily basis, <laughs> when, when Luca missed out uh, on games before the KP trade, I just had zero confidence in them winning a game. Now, you know, since then, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter as much to me because you have a guy like Dinwiddie who can create his own shot and he can create for others and he's good at drawing fouls and, he just does all these little things that that can keep the Mavs afloat. So I'm still encouraged, even if Luca has to miss, you know, the first part of the series. I, I think the Mavs can, you know, still do some good things and potentially uh, still take care of the Jazz, even if even if Luca misses a game or two. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm going to start bringing up one. If if Luca doesn't play in game one, the Mavs win in six. If he plays in game one, they win in five. Maybe. We'll see. Now that would be another thing too. Like if if the Mavs still beat the Jazz without Luca, like if say Luca doesn't play in game one or two, like worst case scenario, and Dinwiddie comes out and just you know Dinwiddie and Brunson just take over and they win those two games anyway, that's gonna put the Jazz into their grave. <laughs> like like they're probably gonna blow it up regardless. But if that happens, they you know one hundred percent like. You know, it, it might blow up before it even gets to the off season. <laughs> so, we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm gonna start bringing up some speakers here. Uh, Grayson was the first one that popped up in my queue, and then we'll get Nick up here after that. Grayson, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey guys, thanks for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Um, you know, after having some time to sleep on it, I don't feel as bad about the Luca injury. I think last night I wasn't mad um, because, like y'all, y'all, y'all. You know, y'all covered. Luca had a reason to be in that game, and um, it was really just a freak thing. It looked like they just knocked knees, which I am surprised that they're calling it a calf injury because it really looked like a knee injury live. Um, but hopefully he'll uh, he'll be back for the playoffs. I think, Matt, that take that if Luca misses game one, they they win in they win in uh, six, and if they if he if he if he plays game one, they win in five. Is it's a pretty it's a pretty hot one, but I love it because honestly, I appreciate all the jazz slander. So please keep it up. I'm I'm very no, excited. My hot takes. Oh yeah, I mean I 
I don't disagree with you. I just love that take so much. And I hadn't even considered it because, you know, Luca goes out and it's like an instant panic attack, you know, like I was, I, well, we were all freaking out um, and rightfully so, but I hadn't even really considered how this series might go if he misses a game. So I appreciate that take. And um, the last thing I want to ask y'all is, do you guys really think that, like, if the Mavs win this series, even if Luka misses a game, this is it for the Jazz, uh, that this will kill this current iteration of the Jazz? And I'm curious between y'all, who y'all think is more likely to go between Gobert and and Mitchell, because I think there's compelling arguments for both. Appreciate it, guys. I take this first. Well, yeah, you can take that, but before before you answer the the jazz question there, uh, I, I want to touch on the injury thing too. Uh, it was kind of weird because all the clips that everybody you know was showing on social media, they weren't showing the full clip of the play. Like when Luca drove into those three defenders, I mean, he might have bumped knees and everything, but I don't think that was where the calf strain occurred. If if they would have kept playing the clip. After he had already landed, he then planted his back foot and tried to get back out to the perimeter. And, uh, you know, when he planted that back foot and stretched it out, that's when the calf strain occurred. So uh, it was kind of a thing where, you know, all the clips online kind of made it seem like, oh, well, he bumped knees and, you know, we're not really sure how this happened. But I I saw the full clip again, and that's when it happened. It was after that, you know, when he already got down and – uh, you know, he extended that leg and strained it. But anyway, go ahead with your with your jazz blow up take. Well, I, it, it's not necessarily just jazz centric. I think it's kind of a general take that um, a lot of people will understand. It's when when you're a contending quote unquote contending team and you're sort of running the treadmill of mediocrity is is fish like to call it. Like you're you're not quite at the top. You're not quite good enough to get to the finals, but you're not quite bad enough to, you know, land out of the playoffs. Like you're just kind of right there in the middle. You can only try running it back so many times before you have to start over. Um, and I think that's kind of where the jazz are like Donovan Mitchell's great. Um, Rudy Gobert is an idiot, but he's good. Um, and everything else they have is just kind of fine. And I, I think that you just, at a certain point you have to try something different and it's something that we gripe about the Mavericks about for, you know, quite often, frankly, but um, the Mavs have have sort of managed to take a step forward without blowing it up. And I just don't think that the jazz with, you know, same coach, same players, generally the same roster are going to do anything different right now than they would have, last year or two years from now or three years from now or five years ago. Like it, it doesn't matter. I think they are what they are and they just kind of have to try something different. Yeah. And Grayson, and good stuff. Uh, my quick answer to that is I do think it's, I mean, I, anything short of a Western conference finals appearance for the jazz. And I think they're done and look, they might honestly be done after that. Anyway, there's been so many, snarky remarks back and forth, you know, with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the chemistry just doesn't seem to be there between those two. You know, I saw that thing where it says uh, they said that Donovan Mitchell averages two passes per game uh, to Gobert, not assists, passes <laughs> to, 
Barenberg uh, per game. So, uh, and he's one of the best pick and roll men in the NBA. You know, you take him and pair him with Luca instead of Dwight Powell, and you know Dwight Powell's been incredible this year. He's having a, you know, a career year. He just broke a Mavs record for most consecutive made field goals last night. Uh, it, the record was 14 heading in. He got it up to 18 before Josh Green threw an absolutely awful lob pass, and it ruined the streak <laughs> for Powell. But you know, he got it up to 18 and. Uh, the only other guys in Mavs history to get close to that, I believe it was Eric Dampier, um, Eric Dampier, Tyson Chandler, uh, and I can't remember who else. But anyway, so I, you know, I think, uh, if you upgrade there as good as Powell's been, you upgrade with Gobert, uh, that would be huge for the Mavs. And, you know, I think that's the guy that's going to be out the door is Gobert because he's a center. He's making 40 million a year. Uh, it's just kind of, it's hard to build around that when he's your, he's supposed to be, you know, your best player based on what he's making. So I think if they had to choose between the two, they would, they would keep Mitchell over, uh, over Gobert. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Next speaker is Nick. And then we got one more, and we'll get out of here. All right, Nick, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me up. Yes, sir. What you got for us? Well, so I just kind of wanted to come in here and be optimistic. Um, I never thought, you know, at the beginning of this season, I never would have dreamed that we'd be the number four seed with 53 wins, or I guess 52 wins. And um, I'm just super excited. Um, I think Jason Kidd has done an awesome job this year, uh, specifically just helping this team play team defense. Um, I think the vibes of the team is huge. And like Theo Pinson said last night on that interview, the sky is the limit with this current roster. I mean, assuming that Luca can be healthy, which obviously is a pretty big if, I really think we could – we could go as far as <laughs> as the finals. I mean, with Luca playing so well, these guys potentially could get hot from three. Even if we have to play Phoenix in the second round, I mean, I don't feel great about it, but I just think with our team chemistry, I just think it's possible to win that and, and make it as far as, you know, the holding the trophy up at the end. So I'm pretty optimistic. I think my um, – my big question right now would just be, let's say that we do make a pretty deep run in the playoffs this year. Um, maybe we do lose to Phoenix in the second round or even make it to the Western Conference Finals and lose. Do you think making some big changes to this current roster would be the right move versus trying to run it back with these guys? Because a year ago I would have thought there's no way I want most of these guys back on this team. But – after the way we've kind of seen this year unfold, I think maybe a few minor changes will obviously be inevitable, but I really like these guys. So just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I can take this one first, Dalton. I think that uh, I, I understand what you're saying about not wanting to change the, the chemistry too much, but, and, and Dalton may feel differently than me. He, he might not, but from, from my perspective, I think, even if they make a run to the, the conference finals or they make a run to 
even the finals, um, I think that you always try to have to, you, you have to try to make your team as good as possible all the time. So if they, if they see a way to land Rudy Gobert, for example, this summer, then I think you absolutely go for it. Um, if you're going to compete in the finals with teams like Brooklyn or whoever else makes it in there, if you're going to compete with Phoenix, who has, who has DeAndre Ayton, you have to have somebody who can match that size. Um, you have to be the most talented team you can possibly be. And I, I'm, I'm always in favor of, of going all in on whatever roster acquisitions they want to make that, that make that make them feel like they're competing at the highest level. Um, you know, Dalton and I both wanted that this past summer and the summer before that and the summer before that. So it hasn't happened yet. So I'm not optimistic it'll happen this summer, but you know, if they're, if they're really that close to competing for a title, then I don't see any reason why they, they wouldn't at least shoot their shot. Yeah. I mean, you got to always be in the business of upgrading your roster. You know, it can't, you can't be content. If you don't have a roster that gets to the NBA finals or even gets close to the NBA finals, you know, like if the Mavs, if they pull off a run this year and somehow, you know, if they get past the first round like they should, you know, and then you get to the second round and you're likely playing Phoenix, if they somehow find a way to knock off Phoenix and get to the Western Conference Finals, then you can have the talk about, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe the Mavs shouldn't uh, blow this thing up because then you have proof. You, you, you see what they're capable of uh, with the current guys that they have and trading KP – you know, that was a big move, and Dinwiddie has surpassed all expectations already, uh, and he's here long-term. So, you know, that that is something that I'm looking at. And I mentioned it. I joined our guy Kirk Henderson's green room the other day, and we were kind of talking about the Suns a little bit. The Mavs have played the Suns extremely well this year. You know, they've even had leads in the fourth quarter. They just crumble in crunch time. And, you know, the Mavs, to start this season before the KP trade, they were the worst clutch team in the league. But since they made the trade, you know, since they brought Dinwiddie in, uh, since that point in February, they're the number one clutch team in the league now. So, And they haven't played Phoenix since then. So I'm interested in seeing how this new-look Mavs roster, you know, faces up against the Suns. They were already really competitive with them. They just crumbled down the stretch. You know, Chris Paul just owns the Mavs. That's just a fact. He, he will own the Mavs until the day he retires, likely. But, you know, I'm just interested in seeing how this goes. If the Mavs get past the first round and end up playing Phoenix in the second round, you know, how this new-look Mavs uh, faces uh, faces up with, with Phoenix. But uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if they don't get past the first round, if they lose in the second round and they're not even competitive against the Suns the way, you know, they probably should be, then you definitely have to, you know, keep looking for roster upgrades. And it probably makes the Mavs, you know, really think about how much they want to pay Jalen Brunson, too, uh, if he doesn't have a big playoff run. But we'll see how that goes. Um, I do have another speaker request here. I think how you pronounce his first name is Ashan. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, it's Ashan, man. Ashan. Okay, cool. How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, really just 
I wanted to just touch back on the Luka injury, really. Um, when I watched that last night, it just reminded me of one guy in the playoffs a couple of years ago against the Rockets, oh, no, and please, that's no, Kevin Durant. Please, no. I, I know. I'm not trying to be a, a negative Nancy or anything, but it was the same type of, you could say, um, explo- explosiveness on that calf. And KD, he had a great one strain. Are you trying to say that it's a torn Achilles? No, 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 no. He, I'm just saying he had a grade one strain at the time, and he ended up missing four to five weeks. Um, my whole thing is that I just don't want this to turn into a potential Achilles injury. So I'm a little bit on the cautious side, and I'm a little bit skepti- skeptical on how how well we could perform without Luca against the Jazz, really. Now that, so it, it does. Now that I can see. Now that that is a valid concern, even if. You know, as tough as Luca is, he could definitely come back and play. You know, if it's a grade grade one strain, but you know, I can see that too. You know, it, it, these things are not something you want to play too much with. So, if there's any kind of partial tear whatsoever, yeah. you know, there is always that chance that it could turn into something more. So, I do agree with you there. You know. Yeah. It, it's going to depend on these MRI results for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we just. The Mavs without Luca, I mean, we it's great that we have Dinwiddie. It's great that we have Brunson, two primary ball handlers that can take the ease off him. But I mean, I I think someone said before without if Luca misses a game or two, Mavs in six. I don't know. That, that seems that seems like a tall task to ask these guys to go in to Salt Lake potentially down 0-2 if we don't have Luca, or even split 1-1 and having Luca come back hobbled or at 60, 70, 80%, whatever it is. It seems like a tall task, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, all, I'm optimistic to see the Mavs make some noise and get out of the first round for once. I, I yeah. think that um, I'll let you, I'll let you take over this in a second, Dalton. I just want to say something real quick. I think your concerns about his calf are valid. Um, but I think that the Mavs are never forthcoming about injury issues, but I think that if there was any sort of concern that it was anywhere near, you know, career threatening or um, could be the beginning of something that if he makes worse could be career threatening, I don't think they would screw around with it for one second because they know that he's the only reason they're in this position and they're, they are 100% committed to his future. So I don't think that they would put him in position to ruin that for, um, you know, a second round appearance against the Suns or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, he's too valuable. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, superstars kind of dictate their availability if you, in the playoffs, especially. <laughs> I don't think anybody that's dictates that, anything that, to Mark Cuban, though. That's so. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next point. You know, no matter what any of us think or, you know, what the MRI results are and all that good stuff, you know, if Luka Doncic comes out and says, I am not missing yeah, <laughs> yeah. first-round series, he's going to play. So we're going to hope for the best. I mean, we hope. And, Asan, I really appreciate you joining us and uh, and talking with us for a little bit. Uh, you, you know, we're, we'll see how it, it goes. Maybe Casey Smith can do his best Mr. Miyagi impersonation and you know <laughs> maybe luca will uh will not be as as hobbled as what what people think i, I really think we're going to get some good good news here uh later this afternoon when they reveal the results of that mri matt is there anything else you want to talk about before we head off here uh 
man, not really. I'm, I think I'm good. I'm just um, I'm I'm ready for NBA playoff basketball. I'm I'm not as big of a fan. Um, like the regular season kind of bores me, but once the NBA playoffs come around, it's it's probably my you know my favorite sporting event on the planet. Uh, it's I think it's so much better than March Madness, and I know that's a hot take for a lot of people, but I just I love NBA playoff basketball, so I'm really excited. I do too, and I'm glad we're at the point where the Mavs are a regular fixture in the playoffs again. Luca, he keeps getting better. We know how how good he can be in the playoffs, and I've said it, you know, for a couple months now. He has the most help right now around him than he's ever had at any other point in his career. So if he is able to go, then, you know, I think somebody mentioned it earlier, you know, sky's the limit. You know, I I could see a situation where the Mavs end up in the Western Conference Finals or in the NBA Finals this year. So we'll see how it goes. But, Matt, I appreciate you joining me, man. Try not to work too hard. trying man i'm trying all right guys be sure to go like rate and subscribe on all our favorite podcasts all your favorite podcast platforms rather uh leave us a review on spotify or apple for a chance to win free maps tickets when we do our giveaways we appreciate it guys we'll be back on here uh, probably thursday or friday and do one more pod before the Mavs take on the jazz on saturday y'all have a good one we'll see you next time Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.